I can't call you Bill. No, you ain't. You're never calling me Bill. Why not? Bill's a good name. That's a, no, it's a pet hate of mine. Old people call me Bill. What's wrong with Bill? I hate Bill. It's a fun name. My name is Will. It's but not even like, oh, it's not even shorter than Will. It's I know, the it, same it doesn't make any Will. sense. I mean, it's like people called Richard and you shorten it to Dick. That's still shorter than, shorter than Richard. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Dick, does it? No, but it's still I mean, still Bill, sh- Will. At least you got alliteration there. Sorry, not alliteration. Yeah, but you don't say right. Bill and Will together because that would be just even. No, but it's a bit like Cockney rhyming slang. Whereas Richard's rich, Dick, you know, it doesn't really. Where, where does Dick come from? I don't know. Or it's just like whoever was. There was a guy called Richard who was a big dick. Um, maybe it's a um, uh, limerick. Richard, Richard, what a dick. And there. Richard, Richard, Richard with his pilchers. Richard with his pilchers. Sucking on dick. Sucking on ding dongs. The end. The end, you big queer. <laughs> um, well, first of all, hello. Hello. Hello, welcome to the podcast. It's me. And you. Yeah. See, this is what you do the cool intro. You go, well, welcome to the podcast with. With me. And me. <laughs> <laughs> Work out who. Yeah. What should I do, the actual professional intro? The professional intro. Yeah. But not professional art football. You're kidding me, I'm in my bed, I'm in my comfies. <laughs> Hello, uh, and welcome to the podcast. This is, is this our 20th episode? No, it's our 19th, I believe. Oh, we're so close now. Look at that, we're still technically a teenager. <laughs> in my eyes she was. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God, oh, horrid. We're at 600 plays though, just to let you know. Well, on that podcast. I can't work out it. Cheers to that. Estimated audience size, 18. Not by age, size, or just... Just the size. Inches. <laughs> the width, yeah. <laughs> Anchor FM only does it by waist size. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a toddler. I mean, that's some very small people listen to us. We've got 80 <laughs> inches. Yeah, it's a toddler's show. We apparently, even though it's always explicit on their website. Um, do you know what? what? I think today we do living in electric dreams. Living the electric dream. That's totally different to what I just said, but yeah. Living, what did he say? Living in electric dreams. Living in electric dreams? Yeah. Like, uh, do androids dream of electric sheep? Is that what we're going for here? Is that the uh, robotic version of Kate Bush? No, it's the... But, uh, no, I... There's a song she did called And Dream of Sheep. Never and heard. and Dream of Sheep. Yeah. Or Dreaming of Sheep. Is it called And Dream of Sheep or just Dream of Sheep? Well, Dream of Sheep is like a... It's and a, Dream of Sheep. What's the... It's like a thing, isn't it? What is it? Dreaming of sheep. It's like cliche. Yeah. But then there's the do androids dream of electric sheep? Which is something from Isaac Asimov? Or Arthur C. Clarke? One of them. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, it's um. Is it a book or a Blade Runner? It's the story from Blade Runner. It's the original name for the film. It's the book that Blade Runner was based off. Do androids dream of electric sheep? That's it. Is it Asimov or is it Clarke? It is. Philip K. Dick. Oh, neither of them. Fair enough. Speaking of Dick. Speaking of Dick. 
We always um, talk about dick. Yeah. Well, no, I was speaking to Richard earlier, but yeah, if you want to talk about your cock, then that's fine. Well, or, or we could say we're talking about dick, because that means nothing, doesn't it? Talk about, yeah. About Jack. About Jack. Jack's we're dick. Jack. We're talking about Jack, we're talking about dick. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> we're uh, talking about we actually talk about something, instead of just rambling. Yeah, sure. Like. Um, so we're going to talk about our views on the clean future of the world, so... We've talked about electric cars before, so yeah. maybe we shouldn't dwell too much well, into let's, that. Well, let's start with electric cars. Let's talk, not talk about cars, we've done that, but let's... Right. How, when do you think electric cars will become... We'll do it in stages. When do you think electric cars will become the norm? The norm. So that means, as in, everyone can have one, Actually, or everyone what, will own one? I'll tell you what. When, let's, let's do the point first. When do you think the point is where you're going to buy a new car... And the difference between electric and petrol is nothing. It's in price difference. When do you think that point's going to happen? So the point at which manufacturing electric cars is not more expensive than manufacturing petrol cars. I think that'll be before, be before 2040 for sure, because that's when the UK are setting their ban. Mm-hmm. So it can't be then. So it's, I'd say about, what, we've so... 2027. Really? Eight I think it's going to be a lot less than that. Really? I think. I hope so. I think probably in four or five years, we'll get to the point where electric vehicles are not more expensive to produce. I really hope so, but I feel like they'll, they'll price them as this um, luxury for a little bit, for like oh. three years, and then they'll Please, slowly I think, go down. I think we're in that point now. I think we're in and going through the point at which buying an electric car is for hoity-toity people, or people who really, really want to make a change. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're already in that. I think because I mean, like you know, I'm I'm sure it was true for you as well. When you're growing up, you're always hearing about the future will be this, the future will be that. Mm. And I feel like we're actually finally in quote the future. Yeah, foldable phones. Yeah, people talking about foldable phones, electric like, cars. They just don't fly. Yeah, I feel like all those all those technologies they were telling us about when we were kids that was going to yeah. come in like four years and is finally here ten years later. That's the thing, it's I a little bit longer than right. everyone thinks, so True. that's why I went for just a couple of years more. I feel I like there'll be a couple of years of just it being just out of reach, where they'll still price it as a luxury, even though it doesn't have to be. There'll be enough cars to go around, and they'll probably have most of the range being electric cars. Most people won't be able to afford it for a little bit, and then they'll make it cheaper. No, because I don't think... I don't, okay, I guess actually, if we're going to get down to it, the real question is when do electric cars become on the second-hand market, because that's what starts driving yeah. prices, really. And again, I think in four or five years, a lot of first and second gen electric cars will start going up on, you know, auto trader. Four or five years, so we'll be in 2023 slash 2024. Because I think this year and next year, lots and lots of manufacturers, I say, I say I think, we could probably look it up and find out, but I think this is when they're going to be launching a lot of their new cars. Yeah. I know Seat are launching a bunch of electric yep, cars this are. year, I think. So that means VW must be, because they're doing that ID buzz thing. Yeah. Uh, Skoda Skoda have got one in the works but it's ugly as they've, fuck is, they've got a, like a thing that's like the me um, sorry no, I'm thinking of the Seat me it looks like the X4 the me I think there's going to be electric me I think I would be okay with that yeah but they did one that looked, up, isn't it? So. it looked like a BMW X4 kind of thing like a coupe on 4x4 it was ugly as fuck let me get a picture a coupe 4 coupe 4x4 you know like that sort of that's hot uh, let me okay. show you the X4 to give you an idea. Oh. So this. Right. So Skoda. I've got electric Skoda. 
It's still some terrible people. Yeah. That's it. Uh, it kind of looks like a Peugeot. I don't like it at all. No, I don't like it either. But, you know, if it's electric, fuck it. But, no, my point is, I think although all, all, most manufacturers will have electric cars in the next one to two years, hmm. another few years, because really it's it's not so much a market thing, because in, in actual manufacturing for electric cars right now, it's more expensive to produce them than it is to produce gas-powered cars. I think that's rapidly changing, though. You said gas-powered cars. I did, like a dirty American. Petroleum. This is dirty as petroleum, the Petroleum powered. <laughs> right to the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. You're as dirty as the pollutions that come out of them. The emissions. Um, but yeah, okay, I'd I, still stick with seven. Because I think... So 2027. Seven years from now. Sorry, okay. 20, no, maybe not 2027. I'd say seven years. Because the average car lease is about four years. So I think four years that it'll still be out of reach it'll be when those lease cars from now so what the Tesla Model 3 will be out now in the UK will be ready to be out so four years time what's the, what's that, the Model 3 like this year it's this year in the UK it should be coming yeah. over soon so I think once those leases are up and they're ready to sell them again so no, maybe five years just after that they're not the only people doing it though that's why no but I feel like that's when those cars have had their mileage in that's when they're second hand and a bit cheaper and that's when they're ready to be bought okay let's go to the next okay there's two milestones first is the first one I said when do you think electric cars will outsell petrol cars Mm. or when do you think you'll buy an electric car so I really like electric cars so because I would never ever buy a new car with with an asterisk if there was you know, particular circumstances where it wasn't a horrendous price. Hmm. But as a rule, you don't buy new cars because there's appreciation. You can there's lease no one. Even then, it's a bit expensive. But, but... you know, I'm so I'm only going to be buying second-hand cars. Hmm. So, because I feel like this might be around the same time that they actually start... Oh, no, actually, I think electric cars would probably start out selling petrol cars before I got one. Probably. Mm. Yeah. So when do you think that's going to be? Wait, the original question is what? When do when do you think electric cars will outsell petrol cars? Or diesel? <sighs> See, I think that's actually quite soon. Really? You think that's more soon than... Oh, I don't know. Price? No, wait. Just in the UK or the world? In the world. Okay, no, that's be different then. I think the UK point be with quicker. second-hand cars. In the UK, in uh, America... Uh, Japan or Europe really mm. countries well, countries specifically in the UK but countries where there's a big a long history of motoring there's a much much bigger second hand market I think in the UK we have one of the biggest for second hand cars mm. um, but we're I, also massively into leasing new cars yeah probably more so than most other countries yeah I imagine America You, oh I know in America you there's more it's not so big buying a second-hand car. Mm. I don't know in Japan. I imagine they're more like us. I the size they're... of the country. Yeah. Well, the country's massive, but it's crowded, you know, so I imagine they have the same problems. Mm. But in... Because in developing markets like China and India, the there's no second-hand market. No. Not really. 
but lots of people are buying new cars. And those rapidly emerging markets will be building the infrastructure for petrol still probably. Maybe they're starting to go into electric. I know, I, I think they will. I, I, think, I think those markets will adopt electricity. We know China will, and is. But like India, India isn't an economic powerhouse in one way. Yeah. It is in another. It's in, in many ways, but... See, the China, st- I think they are going to start having lots of electric cars there. I don't think in India. I think, yeah... I think you might be right. I'm not sure. I don't know enough about the Indian motor market, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, I think, look, going from Top Gear specials, <laughs> that you see all the cars around there, they're not new cars, they're not well looked after, so because no, they're, they're all in highly dense cities, so they all get bashed up. I think it's that the Indian cars, they're all old communist cars, mm. but then because India now has a middle class, a growing middle class for the last 10 years, at least, they're the ones buying new cars, real real cars, you know, not, mm. you know, Larders, Trabant. Yeah. And again, most of them actually drive motorbikes. It's like in Southeast Asia, where, again, there's not a big second-hand market for cars, but everyone drives motorbikes. Yeah. Okay, so the answer to my question of when the world will be completely on electric cars... Yeah. I'm going to say 2050, 2055. Sorry, outselling of petrol cars. Oh, I don't know, because I imagine the US market's huge. We're a pretty big market for a little country. India's a big market, China's a big market, but they're all at different levels. Well, let's say Europe, let's not forget Germany. Germany as well, France. but I imagine they were the quickest onto the electric bus. Right. Uh, but I imagine India's a big place, so I imagine not only because it's big, it'll take a lot longer. But again, they're not. are they going to be buying lots of new cars? Or will they start developing a second-hand car? Market. I don't know, but what are they going to do with all the other cars that are currently there? I say because for all, I mean for petrol cars, say petrol cars will be outlawed by what 2050, 2040? 2040 in the UK. Okay, so I mean people, even if everyone's went and brought, only if let's say everyone started driving electric cars, or sorry, retailers only started selling electric cars today, people are still going to be driving their their petrol cars for another few years. More than that, 30 years maybe. Mm. As long up until 2040, easily. That's a lot of cars to get rid of. Yeah, but even, yeah so even right now, if no one sold any more, petro, any more petrol cars, to actually get rid of the petrol cars on the road would take forever. Mm. Which is why they're, they're outlawing it, eventually. But this makes sense. So, you know, it's but I, think, I think there'll still be cars around after that outlaw point. Oh, yeah. I, still, I, I, what do you think the laws are going to be regarding petrol power cars is it going to be like I mean obviously you can't have sorry it's not really something as archaic as you're going to get pulled over and your car will be crushed and well I'd say like the, 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 the petrol engine is outlawed because that would be ridiculous no yeah it just you know, can't be. I mean steam powered cars aren't legal but steam engines are illegal I don't know if the law is that all cars have to be electric by 2040 or all manufacturers must be selling electric only cars at that point which you know changes the I table. No, that does change it a lot, doesn't it? Which I believe, but I think I believe the latter more because yeah. imagine classic cars and stuff like that. What are they going to do with them if they outlaw yeah. electric? Oh, sorry, petrol and diesel. Classic cars are dead. Yeah, you can't really do well. You can't do that, but that would be horrific. That'd be a bit of a dick move, wouldn't it? Yeah, imagine taking a Lamborghini Countach and just making it electric. Oh. Uh. 
That's probably make it better, but let's be up. Yeah, but you'd get rid of yeah. all the like. Imagine a, a Mura or a DB five. Yeah, it's just destroying culture. So yeah, I there imagine... are plenty of old historic cars that aren't road legal for good reasons, but they're not illegal, are they? Then, but some of them have got seat belts, or some of them yeah. don't pay tax. Most classic cars don't pay tax because it's a different law for them. Yeah, well. So Either I way, imagine. I, I think that's the original question. I yeah. think they'll probably outsell petrol cars. By maybe twenty thirty. Yeah. Maybe that's... between between twenty twenty eight and twenty thirty, I think. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Because at that point, that's when most people have got ten years left to get a new car. If yeah. they want a new car, well, they could get a petrol one, but most people will be inclined to get an electric one. And most of the markets should be by then. I think we're one of the longest ones. If, if they holding on to old cars if holding on to the petrol ban because Norway have it in 2020 I believe or Sweden really? 2020 yeah it's like next year yeah I think they're banning it in cities oh okay I can believe that yeah. the edge of the city is like a big area yeah so which is when that's why Volvo uh, are planning on loads of electric cars now yeah I was going to say because Volvo I don't have any yeah and you would think they would I think they've got one remember the hatchback they did the S-Type, or the S-Type, the S-Series. Whatever it was, yeah. They did an E-Drive version of that, I remember yeah. that. Also, I, like, I like the S-Cars. Yeah, they were cool. Like, yeah. They went away too soon, I think they should have kept them. Anyway, so, you think that's your view on the electric car? Yeah. What about them? We'll change subject, because... Yeah, it's not only to work cars. What do you think... Because so to run an electric car, you need power, and that power has to come from somewhere. Right. I.e., the grid. So, when do you think, just for the UK for now, because the whole world is it's a big, that's a very big thing to try and guess. So when do you think the UK will be clean energy only? One hundred percent renewable energy. Yeah. Next year. <sighs> that doesn't include nu- uh, nuclear. Does not include nuclear. Well, I, I, I would not nuclear. include nuclear as a fossil fuel. I would, I would, I would classify that as a renewable energy source. I don't. As I really as, don't like classing it as a renewable energy source because I mean, maybe not renewable, but I certainly wouldn't class it as the same as gas or coal. No, but then again, it's I wouldn't. So far removed from that, and it's, it's not so, a windmill. No, but it it it's only idiots who think that it's a dirty source. No, I just don't like the risk that's put with it. But there's not... I mean, there is risk, but there's risk at a coal station. Yeah. You think there's been two disasters in all the time we've had nuclear power. One, because it was made by shitty Russians. It was a badly made power station, by all accounts. And the other one, an earthquake happened on it, so... Yeah. And that happened in a first world country, and everything was fine, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to include nuclear power then. I also imagine they'll have to keep one as well as a backup because they can't yeah. run the whole country on a windmill. So well, not only windmill. <laughs> solar, uh, water power, Thank dams. You. Yeah, and so, as someone who works in hydro. No, power, I know. I was going to come to it. Be nice to my people. Uh, as well as um, sea snakes and other stuff like that. Tidal power. Yeah. Yep, tidal power and electrothermal. Was it thermal? Well, that's not the only one because I think. I mean, I don't know how realistic it is, but I actually think that the future for energy would be fusion power, if they could do it. Whereas this has been something that's been in development 
I mean, this is that's a very light way of putting it, but it's been researched for a very long time, mm-hmm. almost as long as nuclear. And we've seen results. But it seems every year that I see a report saying, oh, this has got better in this way, it got better in this way, but it's still not there. But, because again, if I had all the money in the world, I would put every bit of it into developing fusion power. Can you explain what fusion power does in a very rough... Um, in the rough way, it's the opposite of nuclear. So in nuclear power, you split an atom and it releases a huge amount of energy. Mm-hmm. Fusion, what you fuse them together, is what the sun does. Mm-hmm. So it's literally what the sun does. It's, if you take... Um, so I've, I've really good analogy. Have you ever played that game? It's like a tile game, like you get on your phone, where you have, like, let's say... There'll be different variants of it, but you say you have two numbers, like a, a one and a one, and you can move the one together to make a two. 2048, that... Yeah. That's what the game is called, yeah. And that's literally how fusion power works. The one and the one is a hydrogen atom. Mm-hmm. You mix it together, you get whether it's helium or something. And basically that's that's what goes on in the sun. Mm. That's how you start with that, because that's what elements are. They're just those numbers. Mm. When you mix them together, it <clears> effectively gets these new and new elements. And then they mesh together, and they release a huge amount of energy when this happens. This is what the sun does. This is what stars do. Yeah. This is what makes the universe work. It's fusion power. So if we can, there is, in theory, and just about in practice, because the, okay, the basic principle is this, is that you get more energy out than you put in. Mm. Which is you know, obviously huge. Yeah. Or, or, well, theoretically you get more. You get more usable energy out than we can do, than you put in. Which basically makes it a renewable energy source. Well, in every single conceivable way, it makes it a renewable energy source, unless you run out of atoms. Well, not really, but it's, that's, that's the, the point. Mm. So, if we can get fusion down, we can power everything forever. Probably. But Again, this is a simplification, and there's lots and lots of other things that I won't explain, and many more things that I don't even understand. But like you say, that's a long way off. So, well, uh, possibly. But in the meantime... Because in the meantime, we've got renewable energy, and uh, as uh, as many leap forwards as it's, as it's had... Okay, let's put it this way. Um, the biggest renewable energy source in the world is hydropower. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's been utilised the most and makes up something like one-third of all renewable energy source is just hydropower. And it's about, I think, it's some very small amount. I, I remember I did, I did this at work, there was a big report on this, I've forgotten what the number is. But it's an almost insignificant amount of the total energy usage in the world. And that's the biggest renewable energy source at the moment. Hmm. Like, by quite a long way as well. The rest of it is still coal. The rest of it's all coal and gas. Yeah. And nuclear. So, it's from country to country, it depends, but when you look at countries like China and India, you know, there's no comparing. Mm. And then countries like Africa, where they don't have a huge energy supply, but they're not going to start investing in solar and... No, the water can they invest? ...wind and stuff. I mean, some of them do, the rich, the rich, the rich ones do, but... But as a whole, the whole, whole country can't suddenly just switch from one to the other. Yeah. But the original question is, when do you think the UK will be switching over from, regardless right. of what it is, from a hundred from a mixture of 
renewable, non-renewable, to 100% renewable, whether that be fusion or wind power, hydropower. Um, okay, well, there's a European law, the 2021 law. All right. Uh, which, again, I did a report on. <laughs> I forgot. I don't know if I'm going to this. Um, <laughs> just, it's like you, your boss at work just sitting there going, he's fucking sucked, mate. He's <laughs> just, <laughs> just looking at all his... Anything. He's reading his own little PowerPoint and going, no one listened. <laughs> I made the PowerPoint for him. <laughs> you don't remember? And he I, can't, I can't PowerPoint. remember the numbers, but 2021... It's something, it yeah, put in the European 2021 renewable energy. It's something like a quarter of your country has to be powered by renewable energy. Or it's something like you're not allowed to make any new non-renewable energy sources. It's a goal. It's not like a law, but it's a widely accepted goal. I can't, a couple of countries have got there. Obviously, everyone knows Iceland is a 100% renewable energy. A few little Scandinavian countries do. Hmm. Albania, weirdly enough, is but that's because they have such a small energy need. It's not okay, hard so to yeah. it's not hard to produce all the energy they need. Uh, it says here final recast renewable energy directive for twenty twenty one to twenty thirty. Right. A lot of them are saying twenty twenty. Uh, sorry, twenty thirty. Renewables will continue to play a key role in helping the EU meet its energy needs beyond twenty twenty. EU countries agreed in 2014 on a new on a new renewable energy target of at least 27% of EU's final energy consumption by 2030 as part go. of the EU's energy and climate goals for 2030. So it's 27%. That's quite a lot. Yeah. Of total, I mean, this is, again, the country by country, because in the UK, we produce a huge amount of power, renewable energy power. Mm. However, our energy consumption is second only to Germany... Possibly France. Um, I don't know whether us or France requires more power. I imagine France does. But either way, compared to the size of our country, we need... So we, we, as much as we produce, it's still only like 2% of our total power is renewable energy in the UK. And this is country to country, because countries that have access to lots and lots of renewable energy, so Scandinavian countries that have lots of coastlines or sunny countries mm. or countries with lots of mountains for hydropower because again this is when I looked at uh, was it Poland Poland's a very very flat country mm. so they have no potential for hydropower which they rely but they also have lots of nuclear I think but then Ukraine Ukraine has a pretty backwards country but most of its power is nuclear power mm. which is good again also quite flat so there's not a lot you can do with it so it's hard it's 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 hard. It's much harder for some countries to say, "Oh yeah, we'll, we'll be all renewable," because they've got to work with what they have, which is dictated by geography. Mm. Okay. So, England going one hundred percent clean. If they say twenty seven percent for the whole of the EU by twenty thirty, that again that we 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 use so much power in this country. So yeah, you can estimate roughly where we I'm sit in that. Probably something like twenty. 40, maybe. I'd say again about 2050. 2050, yeah, I mean... I found something. I personally, I think less, but it's it's all quite conservative. Natural estimated excess and or deficit production of renewable energy in member states. This is the first thing I've clicked on. I've been going through the... This looks like the kind of thing I've been looking at at work, yeah. It looks like, yeah, it's been going up and then down. Bulgaria. I mean, it's all about production as well. Like we, we produce a lot of energy, but we can export it. 
We mm. sell a lot of, weirdly, I think we sell a lot of our energy to Germany and Denmark. It's just weird why we don't get just our country to... Well, it's to the grid, that's why. We can't, like, so this is something I have at work. We we're making obscure little power plants up in Scotland. We'd like to make bigger ones, we have the potential to make bigger ones, but we can't because our grid cannot support that amount of power. Oh. Which is to do with the fact that our grid is very old because it was we we're one of the first countries to start industrializing. Mm. You can imagine, again, the, the grid is the thing holding back a lot of countries with their power supplies. This is a big problem where we have the potential all over the world to make amazing power supplies all over the place, renewable energy but they don't have a grid to match. Mm. So it means replacing the whole country's electrical hookups. Yeah. Which is why it's almost better in some more third or third or undeveloped countries because they don't have anything. Yeah, they start from scratch. So let's start, let's build a good one. Like we have loads and loads of things in place, but it's it's built to filter out um, the further away. So obviously, you know, if you're in Scotland, you've got big power plants near the cities and then the further and further away from these cities you go, the smaller and smaller the grid capacity gets. So if you start making a power plant up in the mountains in you know northern Scotland, mm. the all of the architecture around that for supporting power just it's it's only really built to receive power, really really far away from the power source. Mm. So it's not built to receive this kind of stuff; it will blow up. And this is a common problem all over the world where there's existing power grids. I mean, I imagine in America they also have... They, I imagine they have a similar problem. I wonder if it's worse in America because it's so stretched out. Yeah. Maybe they can do it state by state a bit quicker. I imagine, like, California's pretty on it, but quite... I imagine, yeah, I imagine it's quite, quite. the same because, I mean, their, their geography is a bit more kinder in terms of... Oh, no, not really. Actually, no, not really, so... I said they have more varying conditions and... They're more right, yeah. A lot of difference in altitudes and the amount of people per square foot yeah. or square, per square mile. Well, we got lots of people spread out. It makes it harder. Yeah. Because yeah. imagine, like, we were watching that, uh, what was it, Top Gear, Grand Tour, of course, oh, on yes. Mongolia. And uh, this is my company again, we're looking at Mongolia. And so in their power grid is a bit, because it doesn't exist outside the city because it doesn't need to. Mm. Most of the population of Mongolia lives in Ulaanbaatar. So... Right that place is power grid's fine-ish mm. uh, but they, they don't need to supply power a million billion miles away because no one lives there yeah whereas of course our country you get these people who live you know four hours away from the biggest city mm. and it's not only really that one or two people it's quite a few people live just all spread around like a, like a web kind yeah. of thing the cost of it equates the amount of people who are living in those areas yeah so yeah that's why it's hard to start doing renewable power yeah depends on the country but yeah I think it'd be a long time until we're 100% but that's not again the problem uh, we don't need to be 100% for it to be fine we just need to be at the majority yeah so anything above what 60% yes I would count as a win yeah I wouldn't say 50-50, because I feel like it's not a win yet. No. And again, it depends on if, if every country's doing it. And this is the old caveat of any sort of climate change stuff, where it's like, oh, we can do as much as we like over here, but yeah. until China starts you know, closing down its millions of coal factories, then yeah. we can't do anything. 
you know, and it's 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 factories and it's like shipping lanes, boats to have to use up or produce or most of the uh, mm. emissions. That's the thing I've just realised as well. I wonder yeah. how much emissions a cruise ship puts out. Um, cruise ship, I don't know. I know that oil tankers and cargo ships put a lot. That's the thing. So cruise ships are maybe sometimes even bigger than an average cargo yeah, ship. Yeah, but they're not, they, don't, they don't need to go anywhere fast, do they? So. Well, no. I don't know. But maybe they're extremely they... heavy. I imagine they're insane. Yeah. I imagine it's not great, but I, I don't imagine it's as bad as cargo ships. Okay, so we're going to move on from the energy of the country. But yes, I think fusion power is the future. Yeah. We just needed to put more money into developing it. But you don't believe anything substantial well, happen until... I mean, this isn't to say that, like, wind and solar, solar especially, aren't going to go anywhere. I think I think we, everyone will have solar panels in their houses. I hope so, yeah. yeah I think, think that's almost inevitable, even our, in our overcast little country. Mm. <laughs> I think that, and I think it's a good idea. But, again, this is... So maybe the requirement for big power plants will go down if everyone's producing a bit of their own power. Yeah. But yes, I think big power will come from fusion. We'll have to see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll come back to you on that in 50 if, yeah. years, so we'll reconvene. <laughs> um, what about then public transport? Because I don't think this is as big of a problem, because we already have in London hydrogen-powered buses, electric buses. Really? We have hydrogen-powered buses? Yeah, if you go to London and you have a look at the big red buses, mm. the single-deck ones, you have a look on top of them, They've got these build these massive silver containers going across the top of the roofs, yeah. and they're all hydrogen. All How hydrogen. Long has that been there? Do you know what? A good few years. I think when I went in twenty twelve, they were there. I think really? that was the first time I saw them. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Very but the electric buses have taken over. I think now. I don't even know the, the new double deckers. They're electric. Are they electric? Oh no, they're just remodelled. I know. Yeah, I know. Those uh, they got fancy new looking ones. I no, sorry. I think I'm, they're electric, though. They're electric taxis in London now. Oh. But it's hydrogen buses. Okay. So that's already underway. There we are. It says here, there are 3,240 hybrid buses, 96 electric buses, and 10 hydrogen buses operating in London as of March last year. And so a total fleet of 9,396. So you can say about, a, well, just over a third. Okay. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. So, I can't believe there's actually that, that many... Uh, there's only ten hydrogen buses. I thought it was quite a lot. Well, if they got implemented that long ago, it makes sense, because that was back when it was a bit, you know, is it's it going to be electric, is it going to be hydrogen, it's going to be the future. Yeah. And a lot of people back then would have bet on hydrogen. I would have bet on hydrogen. Mm, I thought so, too. But, uh, again, it, I, I'm surprised that it isn't dead. It's still alive, hydrogen power. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we just... We talked about it the other day. It's, it's, I think the problem is it's too expensive to, or it's well, it's very expensive to make hydrogen fuel. Yeah. Um, to a point where it's diminishing returns. So. It also says here though. This includes uh, the trial of the world's first electric double decker bus, which started in October twenty fifteen. So I think it might be out. Huh. Okay. Electric double decker bus. So the thing you've got that going, electric trains. Yeah, but I mean, some of them are still a mixture of diesel and yeah. electric, but it's all underway. So I imagine hitting that goal will be a lot sooner than most of the others. I think like transport, public transport, is an easier target. Yeah, I think you're right. Which is probably an easier way for countries to hit that EU target. 
again, the public transport change is as easy as fuck, really, because what they've got to do is work it out themselves. Yeah. No relying on people. Well, it's, again, it's, it's just the, the way we use transport is definitely going to change. Because mm. it's going to be, there are cars that drive around on the earth, on the, on the earth, <laughs> on the roads, and then you got your phone, you went, bring me car now, I want to go to place. Yeah. They'll drive themselves up to you, you'll get in. So everyone will have a taxi, but everything will be auto-driving. Mm. So people won't own their own cars. People still will, but most yeah, people won't, especially in cities. Yeah. No one's going to be owning their own car in a city. Just be weird, I mean, though. you're an idiot if you own your own car in a city right now. Yeah. Don't see why. But then I'm, I'm not going to live in a big city, so... That really applies to me, but... <laughs> And that's the attitude we should all have, right? If it doesn't apply to me... <laughs> it's not my problem. <laughs> that's Sorry, the I, I, I don't live in Bangladesh. I don't have to worry about flooding from global warming. The thing is, you don't want to live in a city, but it's the typical city-dweller kind of thinking. That's what, it is, yeah. I don't live in the country. That's not my problem. Yeah. I live in the city. I don't think that. But, yeah, I think you're right. I just... When would you estimate that year to be when... A substantial amount. So a third of buses in London are already electric. So are the is the London Underground? Electric, petrol? yes. Is that electric entirely electric? Yeah. So it used to be engine. I don't think it's been engine for a long time. I'm a very old man. <laughs> I think it's been electric for most of its life. Oh, good. <laughs> if, uh, if if not all, possibly. Uh, I might be talking shit there, but. I think it might always be electric. I hope it is. Or nearly always electric. Electric locomotives. <laughs> what was that? 1890. 1890, right. <laughs> well, I was born in 1886, <laughs> Massive part of UK transport or London city transport. The buses, taxis. Yeah. When do you think the target will be hit then? Um, for buses, taxis and trains. All trains. In the city. Well, all, no. trains, all trains in the city is just the underground. Yeah, right? no, sorry. Yeah, no. No, yeah, trains in the UK. I think... Okay, excluding all trains... I think 2025, maybe. Hmm. Including trains, maybe 2030. I was going to agree with that. Right. Is, is, is the world's worst idea for a train, HS2, hey. going to be um, petrol, or, or, or petrol, whatever it is, diesel, or electric? Yeah, was, I don't know what HS2's um, platform would be. I, mean, I imagine it'll be... <laughs> <laughs> the big pile of shit. The guy gets on the tannoy over like a big meeting in front of the. Yes, it'll be powered by some shitty old motor. It'll be powered by our shitty ideas. Don't worry, we've got loads. <laughs> What's it powered by? Oh no, solid. <laughs> they literally get there and go, What does it do? Does it move? Yeah, fuck it. Okay. HS2. I imagine you think it would be electric, like the. Um, uh, what are they called? In Japan. Bullet train. Bullet train. Yeah. That's electric, isn't it? Um, probably. Yeah, it's got to be something that accelerates that fast. I think so, because it has the... Um, it's got to be electric. Like, the Eurostar also has the uh, electrical things that pop up on top of the train that hit the wires to give it an electrical yeah. boost. 
So you think... Yeah, probably. You think HS2 would be electric? Yeah, HS2, the facts. There's a facts page. We're fucked. Um, but yeah, I think all trains 2030. I mean, okay. that'll be... That's yeah, a recent. lot of work to redo it. But if they're going to redo trains recently... They should do it. Then at some point it will. Anyway... Can I just quickly dip on to HS2? Yes. I've got the facts page up. I want you to guess some of the facts. So how long in miles do you think HS2 will be? Um, well, it's London to Birmingham, which is about 100 miles. 330. 330 miles? Yeah, total for HS2 now could be 300. London to Birmingham is 300 miles. And there's a bit more than I think that. there's that, and then there's a bit off. Oh, OK. Plus you've got to do it there, and then you've got to do it back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so London to Birmingham is... I mean, it's probably over 100 miles, but not not by that much. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, the route to London to Birmingham is 140 miles. Okay. It's just to... Okay, right. What do you think... How fast do you think it's going to go, maximum speed? I mean, it's high speed, but it's not really high speed, is it? So, 90? Miles per hour? Yeah. I cannot believe this. No, this... HS2 trains will run up to 400 kilometres an hour. What? 400. That's like... Uh, 250. 248.548 miles per hour. I mean, that's all, That's definitely a lie. They'll never give a what? better. It's such bullshit. A train that goes... 258 miles an hour. In the UK. Do you know what? I could believe it in Japan... Fucking yes, no, yeah, no. somehow I can believe it in Japan. But here now. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they, they know what they're doing. They're, they're smart, smart fellas. They, they can probably figure it out, but here, no. Oh, this is a for and against as well. But a 400 kilometre an hour, uh, kilometre mile an hour, whatever it's, kilometre an hour train uses three times the power of that, of a 200 kilometre an hour train. What's how much is 200 kilometres an hour? 100. 180. No, 200 kilometres an hour is not 180. 200 is like... 124, 100, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's always half and a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Two million trees will be planted, but the full network will concrete an area the size of Manchester. But, oh, God, it's such a stupid idea. It costs like three billion pounds. It's not going to be done until 2030, and it'll be outdated by the time it's done. But it's supposed to generate benefits of 59 billion pounds. Oh, you mean in this growing economy where people are travelling less for work and doing everything from home over Skype? No. The sum of it is supposed to be £36 million, <laughs> billion. Pounds. 36 billion? Yep. Well, we spent between 2017 and 2033, so some of that's already gone in. <sighs> which equates to roughly £2 billion a year. Uh, I, I, no. Estimated costs have grown from 32.7 to 36.4, making HS2 the most expensive railway in the world. It's not even that long. (laughs) It's not, is it? I mean, like, if the most expensive railway in the world was one that went from... Do the Oriental Express. Yeah, Moscow to Vladivostok, then sure. Okay. From Birmingham to London. But that's allowed to be expensive. But yeah, Birmingham to London. 36 million pounds, that's going to be called billion pounds, that's going to cost you nice. It's going the fucking... What's the M1 that goes that way? Yeah. That's not that hard, is it? Hey. <laughs> Why don't you just get rid of the speed limits on the M1? Let <laughs> everyone work it out for themselves. Yeah. That's <laughs> much easier. Yeah, so uh, that's HS2. See, I think... Oh, God. I'd, 
Uh, let's not get stuck on it. Just no, yeah, no, we're going to move everyone, on. Everyone knows and agrees that it's the world's dumbest idea. Yeah. But I'm going to move a little bit away from electrical stuff and being green mm-hmm. to the next bit, which is, when do you think we will be... Oh, very nice. <laughs> Thanks for showing me that. I'll take a picture of that later. Um... <laughs> The what? viewers don't know what has happened. No. That's their imagination. If only they knew you'd show me uh, your car. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so, um, so when do you think we will be an interplanetary species? Okay, what we define, like, people actually living on another planet. Living on another planet. Not, and, okay, are we going to say, like... Not three blokes in a tin can. Oh, okay, I was going to say, like, do we count the first people that actually live on another planet? It has to be more than like three people. If there's okay, like, a group of people. A colony. A colony. A colony, a colony on colony. another planet. Hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like it might be a long time. Depends how much you trust Elon Musk. I feel like we'll be going to Mars and there'll be a lot of dicking about on Mars. For like, <laughs> that's what it's described as in the natural. I think they'll be dicking about on Mars for like sixty years. Yeah. And then finally, people are like, all right, let's actually do this colony thing. Let's give it a shot. I hope we. But I think yes, I think most of the time we'll be dicking about, just trying to figure shit out. And so, Mr. President, what have you said recently on the uh, recent events on Mars? Basically, we've been... Oh, by the way, I'm still here. <laughs> Basically, we've been digging about for about 60 years, but don't worry, everything's fine, it's fine. Even though they're all dead. <laughs> That's why my tan feels so totally normal, because it's like the surface of Mars. <laughs> I want to see it before I die. I would... Oh, uh, yeah. My dream is to die on Mars. That's a good one. I mean, I've told you about, I'll tell you that, like, yeah. my mate once said this quote, he says, I want to die by crashing my spaceship into <laughs> another bigger spaceship. I mean, that's a bit more difficult to... I know, but it's, it's, it's like aspirational, because he wants to live a long enough life to have his own spaceship. Yeah, I mean, I, I want that. Yeah. But I feel like a more relative, well, a more reasonable one would be, if I can, even if, like, there's only a few people who've got to Mars, I want to go there and I want to die there. If I'm, like, five years away from death, I don't care. Yeah. Because then I can go, you know what? I've been to another planet. I went to another planet. And I, di- I was born on one planet and I died on another. I feel like that's a good... Maybe not a same goal. We don't really know yet, but... You know. It'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm all about in, weird. In optimistic view of the future, that's a good goal. Yeah. I'm looking at when will we live on Mars and... That's all a bit of crap. Yeah, you're only going to get... Bad scientists. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I imagine... The same. Well, I think, yeah, I think it'll probably be about 100 years at least before so we start actually developing even basic colonies. I want to be a bit more positive. And I want to believe in Elon Musk, put my full faith in him, Yeah. and say that we'll have a colony there in 30 years. Okay, that's, that's very brave. That's very low. Very brave. Very brave. Very brave. But I, I think... imagine what Elon Musk has said is that he can get the BFR, the big fucking rocket, whatever it's officially called now, to um, to have a colony on there within, I'm sure he said within like 30 years. Does he mean colony or does he just mean scientists dicking about looking at dirt? Because <laughs> that's what it's going to be. And that's good. We need We need those scientists dicking about looking at dirt, but... I, I see what you mean. 
But even if it's a little colony of scientists, because I imagine they're not going to put Tom, Dick and Harry on a plane <laughs> and shove them off to Mars and make them sit there. I imagine they've got to be useful. Mm-hmm. 2018, build a launch support facility in Boca, Ch- uh, Boca Chica. Boca Chica. Bogota. Bogota. <laughs> a town near Brownsville in Texas. <laughs> oh, which is where I come from. <laughs> so that's that was this year. No, sorry, last year. 2019 is the debut of the big Falcon spaceship. Ah, oh, that's what it's called. 2020 to 2021, try to launch a full BFR and get a spaceship into orbit. 2022, launch two missions to Mars full of cargo and supplies, but no people. So that's 2022, that's mm. only three years yeah, that's, away. That's very recent, or recent soon. 22 to 23, land the first big Falcon spaceship on Mars. Whether well, has it got people on? No, that'll be a year of travel. Little Falcon. Hey guys, got the big Falcon here. <laughs> big Falcon reported in. I'm a stowaway. There's no tinfoil hats here. I don't know what they're planning. <laughs> Alex Jones on Mars. <laughs> Just Perfect. him on his own with his big fat spacesuit on. <laughs> I made it. I'm safe. I don't know. They can't find me here. Fuck you, Jar Soros. <laughs> come in, come in, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Just Joe Rogan orbiting in a little like spaceship on his own. I don't think this is safe, <laughs> Alex. I really don't. I mean, can I still do the podcast from here? Okay, Sharon. Cool. <laughs> Um, 2023 launch the first people with BFR and send them around the moon okay so not what's, what's NASA's plans apart from going back to the moon give up give up give up I remember when I went in 2009 to the Kennedy Space Centre and they said 2035 give up. <laughs> give up kid go home kill yourself um, no you said I'm sure they said 2035 when they'll be launching... I think that's when they said they'll be launching a rocket to Mars. They'll be doing, like, the Apollo 11 of Mars. Mm. But I think that's all been scrapped now. Yeah, that's a bit pessimistic, isn't it? But at the time, they know... Well, no, it, was, it got even further away. Because then they went, it'll be to 2050. Well, aren't they, they... They recently got a bunch of... Fun, well, they recently... Old Trumpington said... <laughs> you can have all the money in the world you want. Yeah, he's given a full amount of money as long as they can get back to the moon in, like, three years. Yeah. You know it's because China put that thing on the moon and he's like, I don't like that, China. It's such a bullshit thing, but... Yeah, it gets things done. It, it's given I mean, that's money. why we had the space race in the first place, because Nixon's like, bro, these are Russian I can't let them win. You've got to make a space shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> Get it back, no? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is why I kind of think that privatisation privatization of the um, space. space race is the most the biggest thing to happen and be the best thing for it because NASA just didn't True. get the funding for Mars. They're going to go to the moon. I don't really think there's any much point, really, because I don't think the moon can really do a lot for us. I don't know. you seen Futurama? Okay, there could be a theme park there. <laughs> and in the story of Wally, there's going to be a supermarket there. What was it? The world's biggest mall. Uh, I don't know. Sure. How can you? don't know. Um, but yeah, so I think if, if believing in Elon Musk... Well, let's have a look. Put boots on Mars, 2025. He wasn't saying there's one of his uh, silly moments on Twitter, was he? No, no, this, he is, been, this is official SpaceX. I've been huffing too much paint. <laughs> Smoking weed with Joe Rogan. Yeah. No, this is official SpaceX stuff. Okay. As with first uncrewed missions to Mars, it'll take perhaps six to nine months for crewed ships 
to reach the yeah. red planet. I think and that'll be in 2025. Look, 2028, finishing, finish building Mars Base Alpha. Yeah, fair enough. I, it's, I, in space, I haven't really done back on any of their goals. Nope, they've Not only really. nearly collapsed at one point, and that was right at the beginning, trying to land the rocket. And they built a few ships, didn't they? They've, uh, they've done a few. Uh, uh, didn't they lose some test pilots too? Very sure some people died. But, I mean... I'm not entirely sure. I don't think they've... No. I don't think they've ever failed. They've crashed them. I don't think anyone's died. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they've only done a few uh, trips to well, the a little picture of the... That's, this is, this that's is actually nice. the graphic of what SpaceX believe they're going to have. I mean, that's got no relevance really to what's going to happen, but... No, if I that's like... the kind of thing they're planning, that's a fairly big-looking uh, Mars town. What do you think they're going to call it? Well, Mars Base Alpha. Mars Base Alpha. See, that seems, that seems almost boring. I feel like it's got to have a silly name, like uh, people you know, exploring the new world. They're like, what should we call it? I know we should name it after the king, I guess. Jamestown. Oh, no. So they'll call, it, they'll call it Elonville. Elonville. <laughs> Elontown. <laughs> and it starts off like a kid's TV show. I'm like Elonville. A spaceman. A spaceman is a postman path type figure. And there's a little <laughs> red spaceship going past. It's like Elon, Elon Musk, but he's really like happy and he's like little animated character and he goes, Damn, send insulting tweets around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine at the beginning this is the opening credits of the town. Elon Musk, Elon Musk, Elon Musk, and his black and white rocket. <laughs> I wouldn't bit much though if he called the first seven on Mars Elon Town. No, I don't think he was. No. I don't think he's like that. No, I don't think he is, but. Or, there's, or they'd have to name it after the president. <sighs> no. I don't know, because he's um, South African. So you'd name it after. Who's, who's in front of South Africa at the moment? What do you want me to tell you? Is it that Toss already dead? I don't know. I don't know. I think he got. Cyril Ramaphosa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they have to call it. Welcome to Ramaphosaville. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Well, it does yet. a bit, but not as... The very first settlement to Mars is a South African. Hey there. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Um, but from the 2100s onward, they were planning to terraform it into an Earth-like planet. See, because I think that, that... That's why I said it's so long, because I think as much dicking around as they'll do, and they'll figure out how to terraform things, and then that will take fucking forever yeah I can imagine that being a problem but I can imagine excuse me I can imagine it being a colony of yeah like space pods yeah. pretty soon 2030 I'm going to stick with 2030 we'll have a small colony maybe not as what as big as they put on the illustration here but a small colony probably about this bit so okay. just a few pods but that'd be enough I'd be happy to get on my spaceship and die there in 2030. <laughs> I haven't really predicted a long life for myself. Yeah. <laughs> pass me that, uh, pass me that fanta. Right. Okay. Well, that is pretty much an hour. Yeah. Anything else to add? Uh, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Well, I think we've heard enough from Mr. Musk today. Yeah. I think the rest no. of these are pretty shite. As long as you are... Uh, Keep your old rockets going. I think he can do it. But hey, I, I hope he can do it. If not, we'll have electric buses to go sit on. Yeah, that will that will hold us over. <laughs> Don't worry, we can't go to Mars. But hey, we got an electric fucking bus. The Earth is going to be like Spider Man, Spider Man Two, where he's holding that train, you know, trying to push it together, and uh, Tobey Maguire is straining <laughs> at full Elon max. Musk is like holding back <laughs> <humanity>. <laughs>
<laughs> that is the cover. That's the cover for this week's podcast. Elon Musk putting the Toby face. Yeah, I'm going to Photoshop that scene with Elon Musk wincing or in pain. Right. Right, that's it. That's it for another week. Well, we'll, we'll be back to you in a minute with um, the segment. No, that's next week. We're going to do that next week. Yeah, we'll do next week. Okay. Right, so... Right, we're not coming back. Fuck no. you. That'll be next week. We've got something new for next week, so hopefully it'll all go to plan. Unlike this week, where we've had a uh, landlord come around at the last second and we're a bit... Uh, what's the word? Late. Yes. Tired. Late in the day. But we have a lovely new shelf to put stuff on. So yes, you'll be glad of that, listeners. We can't wait for you to see it. <laughs> right, well, until the next time, cheerio. Cheerio. <laughs>